Welcome in, everybody, to the Wisports.net podcast. A new version for a Halloween week, a level three week of the high school football playoffs. Wishing a happy Halloween to all the ghosts and goblins out there. We'll see how many little Aaron Rodgers or J.J. Watts or local high, uh, football players show up at the door tonight for trick-or-treating. I'm Travis Wilson, the general manager at Wisports.net. Going to be your host as we go through this week's edition of the WSN podcast. Might notice that we got our new podcast logo up and ready, thanks to our folks at uh, Sports Engine and the uh, corporate office in Minneapolis, the design team for putting that together. Looks pretty cool. On this week's WSN podcast, we are going to focus heavily on the high school football playoffs. We're going to go through every division and at least touch on every game on the schedule. There's 56 teams left in 11-man football, which means only 28 games, which means we're down to only 49 total games in 11-man football in the entire season. And then the one eight-man game remaining, and we'll talk about that as well, history on the schedule, on the agenda for this weekend with the first ever official WIAA eight-man championship game. But we'll start our look in Division One, and this is a division that last week saw a number of the top teams get taken to the limit a little bit. And it also is a division that sets up some really, really outstanding matchups this week. The big game, I think, uh, well, really, I think several of them could be big games, but maybe, um, maybe not the big game. I don't know. Either way, Bayport and Kimberly square off this week. Kimberly snuck by Nina last week, seven to three. That was a Nina team that Kimberly beat thirty-eight to nothing during the regular season but a much tougher task this time around in the playoffs. Bayport got all they could handle from Appleton North before pulling out a 31-21 victory. So both teams had difficult contests last week. They were pushed to the limit. They had guys playing the entire game. They weren't able to rest anybody like some of the other teams might have been. And so Kimberly, the five-time defending state champions, a close win last week only scoring seven points, what does that mean for going against Bayport, a team that has put up some really impressive numbers this year on offense, a program that has been on the cusp of getting to Camp Randall for a number of years now and has not been able to get over the hump. But they've got another chance this year undefeated. They get this home game against Kimberly. And as you recall, uh, that was... The um, a little bit of a controversial, maybe, uh, decision in the seeding process. Who was going to get that top seed? Bayport, who's undefeated, or Kimberly, whose one loss was to Fond du Lac and is the five-time defending state champion. The biggest difference being where this game this week is played. And so it's going to be at Bayport and uh, should, be, should be an excellent game. Speaking of Fond du Lac... They got a tough test last week, as we expected from Arrowhead. Got the win, though, 28-22. Arrowhead came back a little bit towards the end, but Fond du Lac held on. And so now they get Sun Prairie this week, a team that's won 10 in a row. Lost in week one to Madison Memorial, but was the 
uh, runner-up in Division One last year. One issue potentially with Sun Prairie, if they're looking to to keep up and, and score points and match what Fond du Lac is going to be able to do offensively, Cooper Nelson, the outstanding All-State receiver for Sun Prairie, is a little bit hobbled with an ankle injury. Injured it in their uh, first playoff game last week against Hamilton. Uh, I was at that one, and he was limping noticeably. Uh, I think you could see it impact him and you know how explosive he could be, especially on uh, short catches and then trying to make a move and get up the field. Getting down the field and, and winning some of the jump balls, I think, is a little bit easier for him, potentially. But taking away or, or having a, a weapon in your offense that's a little bit limited like that um, could be tough for the Cardinals. On the other side of the bracket, you have Muskego and Franklin, both undefeated. And, and I think a lot of times this right side of the bracket has been a little bit underappreciated and just how good these top teams are, including Muskego and Franklin. Again, both teams are undefeated. Uh, they've met several times in the playoffs in recent seasons. And setting itself up to be an outstanding game, one of the marquee games on the schedule. The other game finds Racine Horlick traveling to Marquette. Marquette's undefeated. They've had a great year winning the Greater Metro Conference, incorporating the run a little bit more this year, been a little bit stronger and tougher overall. But they get a Horlick team that has been a little up and down. They've had their struggles. They lost three games during the regular season. The offense has struggled to be consistent at times for the Rebels. But here they are with another shot in division, or excuse me, in level three to get uh, to get a big win. So some really great games in Division One, Division Two, a number of compelling games as well. All three of them. Uh, anyways, that you could look at and, and talk about the rematch or uh, previous matchups in in these games, including Brookfield Central and Waukesha West, who met in level four last year. Brookfield Central got a win over Waukesha West in level four. And so they meet up again this week at Brookfield Central. Waukesha West, a six seed, one of the lowest seeded teams still remaining but they have taken care of business against a couple of the top teams in the Southern Lakes Conference. Wanakee and Monona Grove, two of the high-profile teams in the Madison area, opposite divisions of the Badger Conference. They did not play crossovers this year. They have in the past in the regular season, and they have also in the past met up in the playoffs. These are two teams that are not uh, unfamiliar to each other. For Wanakee, they had to come back they were down 14 nothing right away against the Forest last week. They were down in the fourth quarter, got a touchdown to pull ahead, held off a late DeForest comeback attempt, and Wanakee was pushed extremely hard last week. Monona Grove uh, really blew out Lacrosse Central, uh, put up some big numbers passing the football. And so it'll be interesting to see if there's any hangover for Wanakee, if that was a sign of uh, maybe some cracks. Uh, in the foundation, some some cracks in the armor, or whether that was just a hiccup on the way to another trip to Camp Randall. Homestead and Slinger, that game is a rematch of a regular season game. Homestead won that one back in uh, week nine to secure an outright conference championship. Emery Whedon had a uh, a big game, a season high, and maybe a career high 
game. 230 passing yards, a couple touchdowns. And Slinger, who's big and physical up front, could not get their running game going as they only had 31 rushing yards in that one. And then the game in the north, uh, northern part of the state, Pulaski and Marshfield. Pulaski had a barn burner against River Falls last week. Marshfield moved on. They got past Menasha, another close game, a one-score game. In fact, both of those teams won by just six points. So looking like an outstanding game there as well. In Division Three, one of the big stories is Sparta, the lowest-seeded team of any division, still remaining in the playoffs, a number seven seed, have already got two impressive, pretty dominating wins on the road, first over Ashland, the champions of the Great Northern Conference, and then last week on the road at New Richmond, 33-14, to and that score did not uh, really indicate how dominant Sparta was in that one. They had over 500 rushing yards against New Richmond, really held New Richmond in check pretty well defensively as well, so they are playing really, really well right now, and it started with a late-season win over Holman that essentially allowed them to get into the playoffs, and man, are they on a hot streak now. Four and five in the regular season, but looking extremely, extremely good. And they'll take on defending state champion Rice Lake, who got passed on Alaska last week. Rice Lake has struggled on defense at times in the past and in this year. And so are they going to be able to contain that Sparta rushing attack? Rice Lake is uh, very good running the football usually themselves. They've got a very explosive rushing attack. So looking forward to that one. West appear in Notre Dame. Two teams that have met several times in the postseason. Two of the last three, in fact. Last year, Notre Dame went on the road and beat West Appear. This year, West Appear is at home again against Notre Dame. Catholic Memorial, the top-ranked team in Division Three in the coaches' poll throughout the season, they get Mount Hora Barneveld, who is pretty impressive in beating Pewaukee. It's kind of been a, a tale of two games for Mount Hora Barneveld. They had to come back late to beat Berlin, and then last week really blew out uh, Pewaukee. Catholic Memorial has had no problem so far. Extremely talented. Their defense has a number of Division I prospects, including sophomore J.C. Latham, who's got scholarship offers from anybody and everybody in the country, most recently picking up an offer from Penn State. And how about the other game in Division Three, Woodland game, New Berlin-Eisenhower and Greendale. Eisenhower won that one the first time. Uh, Greendale actually uh, outgained Eisenhower almost two to one. Actually, it was more than two to one, but Greendale turned it over five times. They had a pick six in the fourth quarter, and so uh, Eisenhower won it twenty to seven the first time around. If uh, if Greendale wants to have a shot this time, have to take care of the ball much better, obviously. In Division Four, a great game in the northern part of the state and the northwestern part of the state between Northwestern and St. Croix Central. Both teams are undefeated. Both teams like to run the football. Both teams are physical. It's going to be an excellent, excellent game between two of the top teams much of the year. St. Croix Central, of course, is uh, the, the runner-up last year in Division Four, state champion the year before that. Northwestern looking to get to state after a number of close calls over the years. In fact, St. Croix Central has eliminated Northwestern from the playoffs each of the last two seasons. 
and St. Croix Central looking to keep that streak alive for the middle border as they have had, uh, that conference has had a representative in the D4 state championship game the last four seasons, St. Croix Central looking to make it five. Little shoot in Wrightstown, another conference rematch. We see a, a number of these on the schedule this week. In the first game, Little Shoot won 38 to 28. Wrightstown struggled to run the ball. Little Shoot pretty well had their way offensively, but both teams have looked very good in the playoffs. You have Edgerton at Lakeside Lutheran, both teams with just one loss. Edgerton last week uh, knocked out defending D4 state champion Lodi. Jaden Johnson and Devin Jorgensen have combined for nearly 3,300 rushing yards this season for Edgerton. Johnson's also the quarterback, has thrown for more than uh, 1,000 yards. And Lakeside Lutheran putting up very impressive numbers. They don't have that one uh, one All-State type of guy, one you know 1,000-yard rusher, uh, but they get the job done in a, in a number of ways, offensively and defensively. Racine St. Catharines and Martin Luther, a game that we had as our game of the week earlier in the season. It lived up to the hype. Wasn't quite as high scoring maybe as we would have thought, but Deshaun Brown uh, sealed the deal with a fourth down conversion late in that one as St. Catharines won 27-21. Brown was incredible in that game. He had 131 passing yards, three touchdowns, 148 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Darius Crowley-Reed was held in check, the running back for Martin Luther. He only had uh, less than 50 rushing yards. He did... Uh, have a couple touchdowns through the air and certainly wasn't out of the offense completely, but really held in check running the football. And Martin Luther, what a game they had last week against Keel. They came back and won 38 to 35. Keel was up late in that one. Martin Luther had a fourth and 20 with only a few minutes, excuse me, left, needed to convert to keep their season alive. They did. A few plays later, Crowley Reed went in for a touchdown touchdown and an unlikely win for Martin Luther, but we get a second dose, a second helping of Martin Luther and Racine St. Catharines with two of the most dynamic offensive players in the state of Wisconsin, Deshaun Brown, St. Catharines, Darius Crowley-Reed from Martin Luther. In Division 5, Spencer Columbus Catholic will meet up with Westby. Westby's looked very good in the playoffs. Spencer Columbus Catholic has looked very good in the playoffs. Neither team uh, been tested too hard, although Westby did struggle to get by Cumberland back in level one, but looked much better last week against an Elk Mound team uh, that was a co-champion of the Dunn St. Croix. Westby won that one pretty easily, 35-6. to Kiwani had to uh, squeak by Southern Door, 31-28, to stay undefeated as the Storm will take on Stratford this week. Stratford, uh, I'd have to double check, but they might be the only team. Maybe the Edgar Wildcats. Uh, yes, the Ed Edgar is the other team uh, that has not allowed a point yet in the playoffs. Stratford has uh, won both of their games with running clock, both in shutouts over Northland Pines and Colby. Their outstanding two-way junior lineman Ben Barton just received uh, just a committed to the University of Wisconsin. And so a, an excellent game between Stratford and Kiwani. Lake Country Lutheran was the runner-up in Division 5 last year. They're undefeated this year, have a ton of talent back from that squad. And they take on Horicon Hustisford, who is uh, 
even though they were a co-champion of the Trailways Large, 10-1 and one at this point, I think a little surprising to see uh, the, that co-op program here. Some of those uh, teams in the Trailways, when they move up to the bigger divisions like Division 5, have not fared very well over the years. But Horicon Hustisford looking good so far. They were dominant in beating New Glarus Monticello last week. And how about a, a real treat, a real uh, unique situation, first time in history that a pair of defending state champions meet up for the second time in the same season. It's rare enough that defending champions play each other at all. It's only happened a handful of times in state history. But here we are with St. Mary Springs and Amherst meeting a second time. The first time was way back in week one. Springs dominated completely, winning 34 to nothing. Amherst had less than 150 yards of offense. Amherst was a much younger team, is a much younger team than Springs. Springs a very much a veteran unit. I think they had 18 starters back from last year, something like that. Amherst, only a few. And so they were breaking in a lot of new people in new roles. They've gotten better since that time. They did lose to uh, Iola Scandinavia as well during the year. But we get, a, again, a real um, history-making game between a pair of defending state champions. In Division Six, an outstanding game between undefeated teams, Regis and Grantsburg. Again, both undefeated. Both have been ranked in the top three all season in Division uh, Division Six. And again, as we've seen with uh, some of these other games, teams that are pretty familiar with each other. They met three straight years from 2014 to 2016 in the playoffs. Regis won two out of those three. And then on the other side, or other game on that side of the bracket, the left side of the bracket in Division Six, Abbotsford at Iola Scandinavia. Abbotsford has 2,000-yard rusher Joe Aguilera. They've got a speedy rushing attack, some good athletes that are going to cause problems for Iola Scandinavia, who likely will have a size advantage. And they also have... Bryce Hittner, who's on the cusp of breaking the all-time rushing yards record in the state of Wisconsin. He's only 329 yards away from that mark. A big game this week, obviously, would put him within striking distance, maybe over. Otherwise, if they keep winning, he's got a very good shot. Lancaster and Fenimore. These two teams played earlier this year in a non-conference game way back in week one. Lancaster won, or excuse me, Fenimore won 14 to nothing. A rare shutout for Lancaster. Now, they've scored at least 35 points in nine of the last 10 games after that. And for Lancaster, a lot of times it comes down to protecting the football. In their option attack, there have been times where they are prone to put the ball on the ground, and that can really, really hurt them. So they're going to need to take care of it. They're going to need to slow down the passing attack of Fenimore and quarterback Reed Larson. On the other game, uh, the last game in Division Six, Cambridge, who's undefeated and maybe a little bit of a forgotten undefeated top-seeded team, they take on Racine Lutheran, who had to squeak by Pecatonica Argyle in Week 1 in Level 1 of the playoffs, kind of surprisingly, and then, just as surprisingly, blow out Mineral Point on the road, 49-14. to Now, that one was close at the half. It was actually 21-14 to at halftime. And then Lutheran just dominated the second half, scoring the last 28 points 
to pull away for a big win in that one. Tyler Tenner, Jalen Houston both had over 200 rushing yards in that game last week. In Division 7, you have top-ranked Edgar, who, as I mentioned earlier, has not allowed a point in the postseason. You could almost count on not many hands how many points they've allowed total this year as they uh, their defense, again, as they often do, is dominating opponents. And they take on Loyal, who got past Gilman narrowly, 24-17 to last week. The Group B is where we find a number of upsets, a number of uh, lower-seeded teams, including Pittsville, who knocked off Almond Bancroft last week, 17-7. to Almond Bancroft, the only number one seed, not in the playoffs still. Almond had beaten Pittsville in the regular season. And so Pittsville returns the favor in the postseason. They'll take on Reedsville, who knocked off Hilbert last week. On the other side of the bracket, defending champion Bangor. Still, they just don't seem to be quite where they were last year, but getting the job done for the most part. Uh, but they take on a Highland team that is coming off a 41, a 47-0 win over Ithaca. And actually, Highland is another team that has not allowed a point yet in the playoffs, which is kind of interesting and surprising as they were one of the last teams to make the playoffs. They finished under 500 in the Six Rivers Conference and got in, got a two-seed, Shut out Blair Taylor, shut out Ithaca, and so here they are looking to face off against Bangor. And Highland is one of three teams out of the six rivers that's still alive, as you also have Blackhawk, who snuck by potosi Cassville 6 nothing, and Benton Scales Mound, who pounded Johnson Creek 32-6. So a heck of a showing by the Six Rivers Conference this year. Three teams alive heading into level three. Obviously, they'll get at least one through. And we'll see if Highland can uh, get the job done against Bangor. So that's our look at the 11-man playoffs. But again, we have some history being made this weekend with the first ever eight-man football championship, a true championship. And it was interesting to read through some of the history that the WIA uh, went over this week. And and I'd seen some of it before, but um, the, the history of reduced player football goes all the way back to 1937, where there was uh, six-player options available. Then they went to eight-player. And eventually, it got up to 70, 80, 90 teams playing reduced-player football of some kind, even into the 1950s. They had 70 teams playing eight-player football. But by 1970, uh, as the era of consolidation kind of eliminated some of the smaller, real small schools, it eliminated the eight-man and reduced player football option, and it disappeared for 40 years or so. And then in 2012 was when they brought it back. There were 16 teams uh, that that official first WIAA year that moved to play eight-player football. We had a jamboree for a few seasons where it was basically we're going to match up a few of the top teams or or teams based on their record. They'll get together and play an unofficial you know matchup at the end of the year. Wasn't a state championship, but now we have a official state championship and the two teams that have made it to that game, Luck 
undefeated, one of the uh, perhaps the the best team in eight man football since that uh, switch was made in 2012. The most consistent, uh, I would guess that they have the most wins over that period in eight man football. Really a powerhouse that has just put up some ridiculous numbers running the football over the years. Got a very strong uh, ground attack again this year. And they'll take on Sevastopol, who went on the road last week and beat Newman Catholic, who had been ranked number one all year. Newman Catholic had beaten Sevastopol during the regular season. And so it will be Luck and Sevastopol for the first ever eight-man state championship game. That will be played Saturday at 1 p.m., at Stanley Boyd High School. It will be available to live stream if you'd like to check that out. Uh, you can check out the WIA site, WIAA.tv, the NFH, uh, NFHS network. It does require a subscription. However, after 72 hours, you can watch an on-demand uh, view of the championship game for free without a subscription. So I definitely would encourage people to check it out. Either in person, live if you can, or watch the on-demand afterwards. And I know there's a lot of people out there that have never seen eight-man football. They've heard about it, seen some of the scores, seen some of the stats, seen some of the big numbers that are put up. But I really encourage everyone to watch a game. Just sit down and watch the, the game as much as you can, the whole game. Watch five minutes, if nothing else, and see how it's played because it's really entertaining. It's really football. It's really tackling, hitting, blocking, the same things that you do in 11-man football. Just three less players, a little bit different strategies at times. But I think if, uh, if, if people sat down and watched it, they'd get a much better appreciation for it. And hopefully uh, that would include some coaches, some schools that are considering going to eight-man football and haven't yet. Maybe that would give them a little better idea of what the game is like and um, reassure them that they're still going to be playing football. So that's our look at a big week in high school football, level three of the 11-man playoffs. We have our state championship game in eight-man. This is also a big week in a number of other sports. We have boys soccer, girls volleyball that are into sectional play. There's been a number of fall sports that have already concluded, wrapped up their state championship uh, tournament series. And we are less than a week away now to the start of girls' basketball practices. Start next Monday already. Boys start the following Monday. So we're into that busy crossover season, we like to call it, where we're still finishing up fall sports, but winter sports are getting underway. So it's a busy time, and a lot of people are going to be making that switch, thinking football to now thinking basketball. Fun time of the year. Again, check out all of the great girls' basketball content coming out on wisports.net from Norbert Durst. Mark Miller's basketball yearbook shipped this week. The Bible for high school basketball fans in the state of Wisconsin. So check out all the awesome information coming out from uh, from the wisports.net basketball crew. But of course, uh, again, a lot of the, the attention will be paid to the high school football playoffs and what's going on this week. I kind of gave away the stat of the week once again, but the stat of the week is 329. That is how many yards Iola Scandinavia senior Bryce Hittner is away from breaking the all-time career rushing record in the state of Wisconsin. 
an incredible performance uh, that he has put together this year and last year and throughout his career to be in a position where if Iola Scandinavia keeps winning, he's got a very good shot to move into the number one position. Now, interestingly enough, Pulaski's Dylan Hendricks, after a huge level three performance where he had 308 yards against River Falls, he is into the top five as well. So he's over 5,000 yards. Um, there's another player, maybe Dario's Crowley Reed, and I'm totally spacing. There's been three players go over th- uh, 5,000 career rushing yards this year, which is uh, pretty cool to see. And again, we have two players that have moved into the top five. We've got uh, at least one of them that has the potential to move into the number one position. My rant of the week. What's going on with the Badgers and Packers? Come on. I mean, it's bad enough for some of these high school coaches that had to uh, obviously deal with losing last Friday night. And then, you know, you, you sit down, you try to get a little bit of respite and um, enjoy a Badger and Packer game and not much enjoyment going on in either of those games, obviously. Um, it, I don't know how many times it happens. It sure seems like it happens a lot where both the Badgers and Packers lose on the same weekend, and it just kind of ruins your weekend sometimes. You try, you don't want it to. You, you try not to let it. But, you know, it's Wisconsin. Folks are passionate about both teams. And uh, how the Badgers are doing, how the Packers are doing, certainly can impact the mood of, uh, of people in the state of Wisconsin. So Badgers, Packers, get back on track. Get some wins going so that we can all feel a little bit better. I'm going to actually be heading to the Badger game on Saturday as they take on Rutgers. Wouldn't think that there would be many issues getting past the Scarlet Knights, who have been horrible, to put it kind of nicely, since moving to the Big Ten and even before. Um, But got to get things going, both of them. And the Packers obviously have a tough game against New England this week, so... Uh, But we will keep our focus as much as we can on the high school football scene. Great games on the schedule for Saturday, or excuse me, for Friday. A big game in the eight-man championship on Saturday. Again, 28 games on the schedule this week, plus the eight-man game, which means next week we go down to 14. The following week is the state finals in only seven games that, uh, that week. So after this week, only 21 games left in the high school football season. Again, always a great time the playoffs are, but also a bittersweet time as half the teams see their run come to an end. You have to say goodbye to many, many seniors that have played their last game. And of course, with football, it's not like the other sports. It's not like you know you're going to go out and play pickup basketball. You're not going to go out and play uh, you know maybe slow pitch softball or something like that, and or or even baseball with uh, home talent or. Rock River League or whatever uh, other leagues are out there. Once you're done with football at the high school level, you're done. Maybe you throw it around in the backyard. Maybe you play some two-hand touch. Maybe you play, uh, you know, out at uh, at college and um, in the quad, throwing it around. But it's much different than what you get at the high school level. And so, with only I think, what is it, 3 or 4% of players actually going on to play at the, at the college level. An awful lot of players will play their last high school football game ever this week, play their last high school football game within the last couple weeks. 
as I say, rage against the dying of the light, prolong the inevitable of your, of your high school career coming to an end as long as possible. So best of luck to all of the teams out there this weekend. It's going to be a great weekend, a great time to get out and see some games. And until next week, I'm Travis Wilson for the WSN podcast. We'll see you next week.